Father, we, it's an honor to make a commitment to be all in for the God who was and is all in for us. And you went all in for us because you're all in to us. You love us. And the only reason we can sing that we love you back is because you first loved us. And you demonstrated to us what love is in that while we were still in our sin and lost on our way to hell, Jesus died for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for going all in when you went on that cross. As you hang naked, as you were beaten, as you were bruised, as you bled, as you were mocked and ridiculed and scorned and cursed upon and spit at, you laid down your life as the Lamb of God to save us from our sins so that we would not have to pay that debt that we would have to pay for all eternity. But thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died once and for all. And not only that, Lord, you rose from the dead. What a privilege it is to know you, to worship you, for your spirit to live inside of us. Now, Lord, help us with your word. Help me to preach it. Help me to teach it. Help your people to hear it and help us all to apply it. We can't do it without you, but with you, we can do all things. And we pray this prayer in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen, amen. If you turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as we continue in this thought for the church of being all in, I'm all in. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 20. When you have it, can you say amen? amen. If you don't have it, say hold on. hold on. All right, I'll wait for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As you're turning, I want to acknowledge the fact that uh, my son, Dante, is heading back to school this week, and uh, it is our prayer and strong belief and conviction that he will graduate in May of 2017. Uh, son, I know you don't like this, but would you just stand up and let everybody just look at you, son? You, you look just like me, except you're thinner. That's my boy, my boy. My beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Amen. 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 Love you, boy. And next to him is one of his friends and road dogs who came in to spend a couple of days with us, a young man who was taking some time off this summer to visit friends around the country, and he decided to Sabbath with us for a few days. This is Stephen Bryan, everybody. Stephen, would you just say what's up, what's up? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Both of them are single. Just meet us down here at the altar. <laughs> yeah. 
My God. I got a little ways to go and a little bit of time, but we're going to get there. Verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 13, and, and, and watch for the diverse kingdom in this verse. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. So let me speak on the subject of, I'm all in as a body part. I'm all in as a body part. Paul's favorite illustration to depict the church and how it is supposed to operate is the human body. His favorite illustration to depict the church, the bride of Christ, is to use the human body. He wrote about this in Romans chapter 12. He used this body illustration in Ephesians chapter 4 and in Ephesians chapter 5. And probably the greatest aspect or the greatest way he used this body illustration was in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which we just read from a moment ago. You see, the human body is a picture of unity and diversity working together in harmony. That's what the human body is. It's diverse, yet it's unified. You see, the human body, listen to this, has over 7,500 named parts. Over 7,500 named parts. And what this means for doctors and scientists is they don't know everything about the human body and what they do know they've been able to name. 7,500 different parts. But there are so many other parts that are unknown at this time. And so you thought your Mac computer was something. You thought your desktop was something. You thought your cell phone was an amazing work of technology and artistry. Oh, it pales in comparison to the human body created by God. You see, there are about 15 major organ systems that contain hundreds of individual structures. So here are just a few of those systems. 
You have the circulatory system, and that's your heart, your aortic chamber, your arteries, and your veins. There's the digestive system with your teeth, your tongues, your salivary glands, and your esophagus, your stomach, your liver, your gallbladder, your pancreas, the intestines, your rectum, and your anus. Then there's the external sensory structures, your eyes, your ears, your nose, and your lips. Then there's the muscular system. You have your muscles, ligaments, and tendons, typically 320 separate muscle pairs equaling 640 total. Then you have your skeletal system, your bones and your cartilage. And in an adult human, there are 206 bones. Then there's the urinary system. You've got your kidneys, the ureters, the bladder, and the urethra, Franklin. You've got all of that stuff. <laughs> and if any one of these parts isn't working correctly, or isn't working at all, you're going to know it. <laughs> if any one of these parts from any one of these systems isn't working or isn't working at all or isn't working properly, you're going to know it. Justin Gatlin last week while racing against Hussein Bolt, I believe it was in the 200 meters, he made an excuse and he said, I couldn't run as fast because my ankle was hurt. Bruh, man, if your ankle was strong, you still wasn't going to beat that brother. But we understand. We understand. Because when something ain't right, you can't do right, you know. Well, before Paul likens the church to a body, he's going to do that. We saw that in verse 12 on, even through the end of the chapter. He is going to talk about spiritual gifts and he does that in verses 1 through 11 so before he talks about the body he's going to talk about the spiritual component of the body the spiritual gifts for when God created Adam in the book of Genesis the Bible says he made Adam from the dust of the ground but Adam didn't become a living being until God breathed spirit into Adam's body so when the spirit entered the body, Adam became a, a human being. And so for the church to function is very much like a human. The spirit must be in the body, in the cavity. Because if the spirit is not operating, you have just a social meeting. You have an elk's club. But when the spirit of the living God is operating in a group of people, and he has endowed them with various gifts, you've got the body of Christ operating. You've got something that's alive and well. And so when a person is born again and indwelt with the Holy Spirit, he or she receives at least one spiritual gift. Is anybody born again in here? Anybody saved? Let me just raise your hand. Just testify real quick. Just testify. Raise your hand. When you got saved, you received the Holy Spirit. And with him came at least one spiritual gift. And I'm going to tell you what the purpose of those gifts are because there are at least 20 different spiritual gifts as you compile the different lists in Scripture. You see, a spiritual gift is a divine enablement given to each believer through the Holy Spirit so that when used, one may glorify God and edify one another. 
When you operate in your gift, this divine enablement, this capacity that God has given you, you're doing it first to glorify him and then secondly to edify your brothers and your sisters. So that's why we need you to use your gift. You see, the body of Strong Tower is composed and comprised of four sections. So when you think about what the church is, it, it's the body of Christ. This particular body that next month turns 21 years old is organized in a particular way. It has a particular structure. And the way this church is organized is organized into four parts. And that is upreach, inreach, outreach, and administration. That's the body of Strong Tower Bible Church. Every believer should be involved in upreach. That's the worship of God. Inreach, loving our neighbors and our brothers and sisters in the body. Outreach, reaching out to those who don't know the Lord, who are not a part of the body of Christ. And then administration, because we know that when God does things, he does things with excellence. He does all things well. And so administration. So that, that, that's how what God has given this church. And what I am going to encourage you to do in the next three weeks, starting with today, is to find out where you fit in the body of Christ. What your part is in this body. Because if you are saved, he's given you the, a spiritual gift. And if he's placed you in this church, he's given you a gift to use in this church to glorify him and edify one another. Edify means to build up, to strengthen one another. So just like in a body, no part is by itself. They all connect and work together. And as they work together, different yet one, the body is able to be strong. And so for Strong Tower Bible Church to reach its maximum on earth, Every part must do its part. Every part. Now, now I know you're saying, man, man put, put the body back up there again, please. You're saying, Pastor, okay, okay, I, I, I'm starting to see it, okay, all right. But I need a little bit more help to understand what you're talking about in terms of being all in as a body part at Strong Tower Bible Church. Well, this is where my special guest comes in. I've asked someone to help illustrate this. Now, um, I'm not talking about my friend Marcel Patillo, who happens to be a bodybuilder. He is a bodybuilder, and he poses, and he competes. Now, I could have brought Marcel up here today, but I didn't want to, you know, mess the ladies up. I didn't want to mess y'all up. I didn't want to mess y'all up. So I asked for another friend to help me illustrate this body concept to the body of Strong Tower Bible Church. Uh, fellas, are you ready to bring them in? Fellas. Yeah, bring them on in, bring them on. Can y'all give Spider-Man a hand? Come on. Come on, you can do better than that. You can do better than that. He's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, baby. Oh, man, yeah. Thank you, Brother Jesse. Thank you, Brother Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, baby. You get a picture of me and Spider-Man together? All right. Now, as you take a look at the body of Spider-Man, Spider-Man represents the body of Strong Tower Bible Church. 
You see, he's got two eyes. He's got two arms and two hands and 10 fingers. He's got two legs and two feet, hopefully 10 toes under those socks. He's got all of this stuff going on in his body. And I wanted you to see him because what's going to happen is next week we're going to have what we call a ministry fair. And we're going to get all the body parts of Strong Tower Bible Church organized and ready to serve as one unit. Because if you're here, God placed you here. And if you're here and God placed you here, he gave you a gift to use here. You are a part of the body. You know, when I play football, uh, my, my nephew plays football, and I have a lot of other friends who play football. And when you're playing football, you're part of a team. And I've never known anyone to be on a team and not have a part to play on the team. Because when you come out on the team, the coaches look at you and they say, that, that's a tackle right there. That's a running back right there. That kid is fast. That kid should be a wide receiver. And you are put on different parts of the team. When you go to work tomorrow, you are part of a team. You have a role to play at your job. So when you come to church, you have a part to play. Some of you may be an arm. Some of you may be an eye. Some of you may be a mouth or an ear. Some of you may be a foot. But the point is, you have a part to play. And when you use that gift, you glorify God and you edify the rest of us. But if you don't use that gift, God won't get the glory and we won't get edified. You see, it, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to make it uncomfortable for people who just want to come and sit and watch as if they're being seeing a performance because if you sit and just watch and you don't participate you're quicker to be critical of what's going on in the body of strong tower bible church but if you're an elbow and you're doing your part or if you're a pinky toe has anybody ever hit their pinky toe up on a corner of a dresser late in the midnight hour because when you hit that pinky toe, the pinky toe lets you know I'm part of the body and I'm going to send something up through the nervous system that's going to hit your brain, come out your mouth. But I even heard that when you don't have thumbs, there are just some things you just cannot do when you don't have a thumb. So small piece. So let's read a little bit of what, what Paul said because the body parts in Corinth, they were talking. Look at verse 15 real quickly. Verse 15. And if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. So, so the foot is talking. Now, again, I just talked about when you hit your foot, but technically, technically your foot don't talk unless you haven't been washing your feet. <laughs> foot be talking. Funky. No, that's not what I'm talking about talking. No, your foot doesn't talk. So Paul is saying, he's using a figure of speech. I got some doctoral students in here, so let me say this right. Presopopeia. It's a figure of speech. Yeah, this is when something abstract is personified. That your foot is talking or that your eye is talking. He's giving personification to an inanimate object or an object that is abstract. And so Paul is saying, in the body of Corinth, there was some foot soldiers saying, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. In other words, they don't need me because I'm not a hand. I'm just a foot. 
They don't need me. Then he's going to go on and say, and should the, the ear say, because I'm not an eye. The ear should say, I'm, I'm not you. So they don't need me in this church. All they need are the eyes. No, no, no. We need ears too. We need feet too. We need thumbs. We need every part of the body working together. And I'm afraid there are many of you who leave church Sunday after Sunday saying, they don't need me up in here. They don't need me. They, they got everybody else. They don't need me. I'm here to tell you that that is a lie from the pit of hell. No, no. Your church needs you. Because if we overly depend on one part of the body, when the other part is capable and able to work, you're going to be out of order and you're going to, you're going to favor this side because this side's doing all the work, but this side don't want to work because it says they don't need me. Yes, we need you. In just about every church around the country, there's the 80-20 rule. And that is 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 20% of the people do 80% of the giving. That's not a healthy body. That's a body that's leaning too much and overcompensating on one side, walking with a limp. When God says, let's redistribute the weight, let's redistribute the weight so every part can do its part so that we can be healthy. You go to the doctor once a year, or at least you should, for a checkup. It's just checkup time at Strong Tower Bible Church checking the body out. Holy Ghost, speak to us and tell people that we need you. You know why we need you? Because God put you here and he put something in you to use here. But just don't sit there saying, I'm not the eye, so I can't do anything. But there's another body part that talks, and it's in verse 21. This won't be on the screen, but it says, and the eye cannot say to the hand, the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. I have no need of you. Now, some people in the body of Christ say, they don't need me. That's a lie. Other folk in the body of Christ say the other body part, uh, we don't need you. <laughs> Y'all don't want to keep it real with me this morning. Because you know, you go into some churches, it's like a clique in a club in a gang, and you can't get into certain parts because they got that thing on lock. You can't join the band. You can't join the worship team. You can't join the ushers. Some ushers are like the bloods and the crypts in some churches. But man, you can't join them unless you get a beat down first. Got to beat you up first. Baptize you in lemon juice just like us and scowl at people. No, no, no. Shame on Christians who say, we don't need you. The eye don't run the body. The hand don't run the body. You see, over this body is a crown. Uh, Jesus Christ, he's the head of the church. He gives as he pleases to the church and every part in the human body is needed and every part in the spiritual body, the local church is needed. So one body part can't say I, I'm not needed. Another body part can't say we don't need you because right now there are nearly 60 places to be a body part at Strong Tower Bible Church. We got at least 60 places in upreach, in reach, outreach and administration here are just a few. In upreach, we need some body parts to help with chair maintenance. 
You know, when you come in, sometimes the chairs can be moved a little bit. We try to have it all together so that when you come into God's house, there's a state of excellence here, but sometimes the seats move. We may need you to just straighten them up, but more so, sometimes we have hair and things and lint left on the chairs in God's house. Somebody's got to clean that off. We have lint brushes, and sometimes we go through and we get all that stuff up. Sometimes there'll be some, uh, you know, uh, some biscuit stuff you know, all up in the fibers of the chair. <laughs> Gravy and jelly. Sometimes you have all that stuff. And so we just need somebody to come in and just, you know, with a rag and some soap and get that stuff up. This is God's house. This is God's stuff. Somebody, that's a job for somebody. Somebody can do that. A team can do that. Or when we have overflow and, and we start seeing our numbers increase, the chair team will go into the closet. We have more chairs. You bring them out. You set them up. Oh, a chair team. Decision counselors. When we give invitations.